This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. On a Monday afternoon, writer Gabby Rivera is visiting her local comic book store. It's a place in downtown Oakland that's called Cape and Cowl. You remember, I've come in for yeah, like um, totally. adventure comics and stuff. What did you got? Anything fun? Yeah, <laughs> Anything we were, new? We were doing a little poking around. This is where Gabby looks for heroes who are not your basic white guy. I'm going to grab that. I want like, you know... Girls kicking ass, basically, oh, yeah. right? Like, I want to grab a Miss Marvel, too. As Gabby is flicking through comics at the comic book store, there's a young man who's wearing thick black glasses and a camouflage jacket, and he spots her. You're uh, Miss America, yeah? Yo, yes! Oh, my gosh! <laughs> America is America Chavez. That would be Marvel's first Latina queer superhero. Gabby began writing for her in 2017. She wrote 12 comic books about America's adventures as a Spanglish-speaking college student who can also punch through dimensions of time and space. Yeah, I have. I love Miss America. That's my girl. Oh, my hey. God. Yeah, so thank you for, you know, it was important to me. <laughs> I appreciate sure. that. Despite her happiness at chatting with a fan, Gabby hasn't always found community in the comic book world. And so sometimes on online spaces, it can be like, or you're not telling the story right, or you shouldn't tell the story. For Gabby, the in-person experience has been a lot more positive. Whatever you're doing here, (laughs) please keep doing it. Like, whatever magic, if if you're actually a witch, you know what I mean? Like, keep it up. (laughs) From Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. And today, a portrait of writer Gabby Rivera. Before Gabby Rivera got into writing comic books, she wrote Juliet Takes a Breath. It's a 2016 novel, which is a coming-of-age story about a young queer Latina who leaves the Bronx, which is where she grew up. And that novel got her some attention from an unusual place, Marvel Comics. They asked Gabby if she would be interested in writing specifically for their superhero, America Chavez. After decades featuring mostly white male heroes, Marvel Comics has recently been making an effort to introduce more women, more people of color, and LGBTQ heroes in their comics. But some people were angry with these changes. Shortly after Gabby began writing for America Chavez, she started getting threats and being harassed online. This was a tough time for Gabby. Suddenly, she was swept up in an online backlash called Comicsgate, which criticized the comic book industry's attempts to be more inclusive. I sat down with Gabby to learn more about her beginnings as a writer 
and about her experience shaping a queer Latina superhero during a really tense moment. Gabby Rivera, welcome to Latino USA. Thank you, Maria. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm excited, too. I'm excited, too. So <laughs> your favorite term for yourself is uh, what? Quirky Reekin is what you are on Instagram, but you love to call yourself a nerd, right? Yeah, I, I love Nerd Burger, Butch Thea, Lover Boy. I have a couple of terms for myself, Maria. <laughs> keep on going. Keep on going. <laughs> I think Butch Thea is really the one that I'm embodying these days, right? Because everybody has a Butch Thea. You know, she's got her fade. She's got her corona. She's sitting at the barbecue in the back, and she loves you so much. That's me. <laughs> You grew up in New York. Um, you are not only a New Yorker, you're from the Bronx. So tell us a little bit about little Gabi Rivera growing up in what part of the Bronx and what life felt like. Oh, my gosh. I was just a little baby in the 80s growing up. My neighborhood was, you know, that kind of mix of like Bronx, like hood-ish, but also some uh, suburban, right? At that like intersection of Westchester County and the Bronx. I had my grandparents on my mother's side living in the house with us. And we had my father's uh, family like two blocks away. So I was also always surrounded by like my Puerto Rican family. And we went to church. I grew up, you know, super religious, Pentecostal, Puerto Rican, evangelical, speaking in tongues, all of that. Whoa, seriously? <laughs> <And> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it's also... There was a kind of like a traditional, quote unquote, like American sort of upbringing too, right? Like uh, my parents, my mom was a teacher, you know, so she was taught uh, kindergarten uh, for 35 years in New York City. My dad was a salesman for Cafe Bustelo for almost like 30 years of his life. So there was kind of this like nuclear family, um, whatever Puerto Rican middle class looks like <laughs> in the Bronx. Very strict, but also very secure households. And in the middle of that, you know, we were in the Bronx and, and there was definitely struggle and violence. It was wild to be in so many like constrained, morally good, controlled environments, right? And then have all of this like beautiful neighborhood chaos, real life, real people happening all around me. Okay, so you write your first novel in 2016. It's called Juliet Takes a Breath. It's a story that's basically based on your experience of coming out to your family. And you move across the country to do this internship in Portland, Oregon. So when did you decide you wanted to write this novel? Well, there's just like a couple of like moments beforehand, right? So at 17... I went to the New York Poets Cafe in uh, East Village in New York, you know, the birthplace of slam poetry. And it blew my mind that, like, language could could sound like that. Like, I, again, I went to, like, an all-girls Catholic school in White Plains, so the writing that I was doing was very much, like, uh, structured and, and following, like, what these, you know, well-intentioned but white ladies were offering me to read. And so at the New York Poets Cafe, I heard, like, Black and Puerto Rican and Brown and, like, Afro-Latino and all—everybody really just bodying language and elevating it. So that I did performance poetry for a while. Maybe America just swallowed all of us, including our histories, 
and spat out whatever it wanted us to remember in the form of something flashy, cinematic, and full of catchy songs, and the rest of us without that first-hand knowledge of civil unrest, and the rest of us who weren't even born there, we just inhaled what America gave to us. So poetry was the thing that kind of burst me open and allowed me to get comfortable and feel alive speaking my truth. And so for Juliet Takes a Breath, it is autobiographical. When I was 19, I fell in love with a feminist book. I connected with the author. I made an internship. I took my little Puerto Rican queer behind from the Bronx to Portland, Oregon. And, you know, my whole world kind of, in a lot of ways, just blew wide open. So you get a lot of success and attention with your first novel, and then Marvel Comics reaches out, and they ask you to write for the character of America Chavez. And this is Marvel's first Latina queer superhero. Toughest Boricua this side of the Hudson? People also call me America Chavez. Nice to meet you, though I have a feeling you won't feel the same way about me. So what was that like? Were you at all afraid? Listen... I'm terrified all the time, right? Like, (laughs) you know, it's the Catholic guilt and the evangelical fear of, like, the end of the world, right? So I'm happily terrified at all times. Um, And when (laughs) the opportunity to write for America Chavez, and again, like, Marvel already had America Chavez as a character in the universe, and they just wanted to tell uh, a solo story for her. And so I was excited to do that, and it was just... A wild opportunity. Listen, Maria, when I was writing Juliet and I had no job and I was depressed and unemployed and going through like the worst parts of my whole life, not sure if I was going to survive, I was just like, please, God, let this book at least give me just like one opportunity, one, to get a job, to support myself. And then she comes out and then like I get this opportunity with Marvel and I was like, okay, let's do it. I don't care that I've never written a comic before. I don't care that <laughs> this is the most, like, huge, intimidating gig of a lifetime. Like, we're just going to do it. I don't care that I don't know how to do this. I am going to learn. I'm going to hit the ground running. Let's go. I love the fact that you make America Chavez, like, not surprisingly, pretty nerdy. She ends up going to Sotomayor University. Wink, wink, Sonia Sotomayor. Yes. And I love this notion of a superhero that is accessible, right? Your whole thing is, I want to make a superhero superhuman. Yeah. Why? Maria, I feel like the only way that I've been able to heal and grow as a person is by really connecting to like the root of who I am. And so with America Chavez, I was like, I want to love her. I want everyone to love her. And I want her to be goofy and 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 relatable. Like every Latina character, for the most part, with the exception of like Jane the Virgin and Ugly Betty, are like these tough, no-nonsense, like, all I do is like eat bullets for breakfast. And like, we can have those stories. Yes, we can have all the Rosa Diaz's. And I love Rosa Diaz. Shout out to Stephanie Patrice on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm having dinner with my parents. You don't even like your parents. You call them smiley morons and hug freaks. Plans are plans. I'm a badass, not an anarchist. But like, let's have a Rosa Diaz 
and let's have her be goofy and have a moment maybe where she cries. Coming up on Latino USA, Gabby's America Chavez faces a backlash. Maybe this is a moment where I don't write comics anymore, you know? Maybe I don't need to go to Comic-Con if all these people, these angry men, hate me so much. Stay with us. No te vayas. Hey, it's Maria Hinojosa. Shows like Latino USA are a proving ground and a launchpad for hosts like me. And you know, Latino USA literally changed my life. It's thanks to public radio stations that this podcast is here for you in its current form. Many of you may not be regular listeners to your local public radio station, but consider giving it a listen and you'll discover more shows like this one. And if you're so inclined, Help us, because many of these stations are in their spring pledge drive. Help them expand their reach and service by giving whatever works for you. And thanks. Support for Latino USA comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is an all-in-one management software with apps for every business need. Odoo has apps for CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, manufacturing, and everything in between. And they're all in one easy-to-use software. And the best part about Odoo? All Odoo apps are integrated, helping you get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash latino. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash latino. We're back. And when we left off, we learned about Gabby Rivera's upbringing in the Bronx and how her first novel led her to write for America Chavez, which is Marvel's first queer Latina superhero. In this next part of our conversation, we dive into Gabby's experience writing for comics. The comic book industry has historically been dominated by white men. In 2010, only 6% of mainstream superheroes were women. But over the last 10 years, Marvel Comics has been trying to be more inclusive. They released an Afro-Latino Spider-Man. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. A Muslim-American Miss Marvel. A teenaged Pakistani-American girl. And there's a very good chance we'll get to see her on the big screen in the future. And a female Thor. Natalie Portman walking on the Comic-Con stage, oh. holding a hammer. <laughs> I have never gasped harder in my life. Wow, thank you. But some people weren't really happy about this. The reason why comic book fans are so outraged right now is because the characters they're invested in are going away. The point is, most of these characters are completely pointless carbon copies with only a few differences. The left really have a way of ruining everything. Everything to them is a social cause. 
The issue escalated in 2017 after a Twitter selfie of female employees at Marvel Comics was received with a wave of sexist and angry tweets. This social media campaign became known as Comicsgate, which is a reference to Gamergate, a similar online harassment movement against women in the video game industry. Comicsgate grew a large following on Twitter and on YouTube, where some accounts made it their main purpose to make hateful comments. I spoke with Gabby about this difficult moment and what she sees as her future in comics. During this time when America Chavez is out in 2017, there's a moment where some women who worked at Marvel post a picture on Twitter, and all of a sudden, this picture starts this like ridiculously hateful online backlash attack. So what was this all about? <laughs> you know, I do not claim to understand at all that type of like level of hate and um, being consumed by wanting to take other people down. I do know that for me, writing America Chavez really upset certain folks, and they took a lot of time out of their lives to make videos and to make media about how much they hate me and all this stuff. And so for a while, that was really terrifying. Also, people doxed me, and which means that like they took all my information, put it on the internet, like made threats, wanted people to come to my speaking engagements and harass me and threaten me, death threats, men reminding me how ugly I am and how I'm a disgrace to Latinidad and all of these things that people do. And it made me not want to do comics anymore. And I was just like, damn, you know, you know, it's wild, too, because there's a lot of people in this world that I don't like and I don't spend my days trying to tear them down. So I was just like, wow, maybe this comics world isn't for me. Maybe going to the police station to like recall and and to document that I've been threatened and, and sitting there with my friend Kat Lazo and trying to explain why I feel scared and who is threatening me online. Maybe this is a moment where I don't write comics anymore. You know, maybe I don't need to go to Comic-Con if all these people, um, these angry men hate me so much. And so that was tough. But, you know, once again, I just rooted in my communities, right? I'm not writing for people with that much hate. <laughs> In prepping for this interview, as I'm kind of looking at what's happening, not only with your characters like America Chavez, but Ms. Marvel, the Muslim American, I got to say, Gabby, there's a part of me that's like, oh, my God, I, I got to go and get some comic books now. Like, I feel <laughs> like I want to read these things now. And Good. Right? I know. You're like, yes, Maria. <laughs> but the same time, I was so surprised to find that there are now, quote-unquote, alt-right comics that are being produced, and that the people who attacked you on Comicsgate have a following, especially on YouTube. What do you say to them? Hi, Maria. Like, at the end of the day, I really just want everyone to kind of take a deep breath and realize that it's all going to be okay, and it's okay to love people, and it's okay to move with compassion. And you don't have to be so scared of losing your place in this world that you want to, like, resort to violence against the people that you imagine are the reasons that you're losing that place. It must be, in a lot of ways, exhausting to be so angry and so scared um, and at the same time, damn, like, how much more do you need from the world to feel good about yourself? I want to let everybody know 
that if you don't want to read comics written by queer women or black people or trans folks or any of that, there's lots of comics written by white guys just for you. What really saved me and what really, like, turned all of this into big love was when I went to uh, individual comic book shops and did signings. I started doing that, and I shut off the internet. I shut off Twitter. I was off Twitter for, like, a year. I blocked all those comments. I don't look at reviews, but I got the courage to go to individual comic shops, especially by invitation. And it was there and in colleges also across the country where I met really good, good human beings who loved America Chavez, who loved that there were like women and queer people and brown people in the comics. And yes, a lot of them looked like me. And you know what? A lot of them look like, you know, regular ass white dude at the mall coming up to me and being like, I loved America. It was so nice. It was so refreshing. And I was like, I must remember that, like, it is not mainstream culture that I'm a part of. I'm part of these little pockets of good people everywhere doing their best to just, like, love themselves and each other. And so comic book shops, that's where I felt love from comic people. I love the fact that you you find a way to take, like, the negative and then suddenly you flipped it because, you know, some people might have said after what you experienced with Comicsgate that you would walk away. In fact, you have said, ha I'm coming back and you have a new comic book. It's called BB Free. It's the story of a 15-year-old Latina girl who lives in the future in a post-climate change America. A plague has eaten all of the greed and greedy people in the world, which I kind of love. <laughs> BB Free. Oh, my God. I love her so much. Brown skin, a little redonditas or a little, you know, she's got a little bit of, how would you say? She's got a little meat. Carne. Carne on her. Um, <laughs> and she's just adorable. I look at this character, BB Free, and I'm like, I want to read this comic book right now. Yeah. So tell us about what gave birth to B.B. Free. I love that you love her so much already. That's all I want. What's fun about B.B. Free is that it actually comes from a short story that I wrote. I, I write about the plague. It's called Imbalance, all caps. And the plague of imbalance put out into the world by Mother Nature that eats greed and ends up kind of killing everyone who is essentially greedy. It starts with the 1% and then kind of trickles its way down. So what is that world? And so we plop a beautiful, chubby little 15-year-old Puerto Rican girl from the Florida swamps, and, and, and she's BB-free, and she wants to go on an adventure. She wants to go on a road trip. So finally, Gabby, I want to ask you about joy. So you're launching a new podcast. It's called Gabby Rivera's Joy Revolution. And basically, you're asking people, you know, how do you find joy in your life? So I'm going to flip this on you and ask you, so how does Gabby Rivera find joy in her life? Well, number one, this is like a joy that is rooted in acknowledging like pain and suffering and the reality of the world around us. I don't take it for granted that 10 years ago, I didn't think I was going to live. I was having panic attacks. I had no money. I had no future. My gender presentation was changing. And I was like, well, everybody hates dykes, right? Nobody wants a masculine lesbian around, so I'm never going to get a job. I'm never going to find my place in this world. 
So here now, 10 years later, that I'm a thriving, supported artist, writer, making my way in the world, that is my joy. And I love myself. (laughs) And I love myself enough to be like, I don't need to give people who don't love me my energy. It's all good. I'd rather be here talking to you, you know? Well, my dear Nerdburger, my dear Quirky Rican, my dear Butch Tia, we just want to say thank you so much. Oh my gosh, what an honor, Maria. Thank you so much. Gabby Rivera's new comic book, BB Free, is available now. This episode was produced by Fernanda Uriegas Fabian and edited by Sofia Palizaca. The Latino USA team includes Miguel Macias, Andrea Lopez Cruzado, Julieta Martinelli, Alisa Escarce, Ginny Montalvo, Alejandra Salazar, Reinaldo Leaños Jr., and Julia Rocha, with help from Marta Martinez and Raul Perez. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau, Julia Caruso, and Leah Shaw, with help from Alicia YouTube. Our digital editor is Luis Luna. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, I'll see you on all of our social media. I los veo. Ciao. Latino USA is made possible in part by California Endowment building a strong state by improving the health of all Californians. The New York Women's Foundation, funding women leaders that build solutions in their communities and celebrating 30 years of radical generosity. And funding for Latino USA's coverage of a culture of health is made possible in part by a grant from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Wait, you loved Pippi Longstocking? (laughs) I love I love Pippi Longstocking. How is that? Can you feel it between us? The Pippi between us. <laughs> <laughs>